Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of TCK's Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, and Elliot Niblock. We are polyless. Once again. Once again. Uh, no Stella today. <laughs> uh, she's uh, with her mother, probably talking to grandma on that FaceTime thing. Mm-hmm. It's good, you know. It's nice being able to do that, especially when I have family in Sweden that wants to see her. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's incredible. Do that FaceTime thing. Uh, we're going to start off by uh, you know discussing some recent news here before we jump into our hand-picked selection of games mm-hmm. here, Match Day 11. And you know what? We'll, we'll talk about my top 10 list too. Let's throw uh-huh. that in there as well. But first and foremost, uh, Yaya Toure uh, issued an apology on his, I think it was on his Facebook page, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, apologizing for mis- what he calls misunderstandings uh, in an effort to get some playing time. Because he's been left out of the team here since uh, his agent, Dimitri Seluk, um, said some not so flattering things about manager Pep Guardiola. Um, Torres only made one appearance this season for City, and um, uh, on what, like a hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week or something? Yeah, I mean that like that doesn't that doesn't really bother City. They have the money, but it's uh, yeah. it's an unfortunate situation. I mean, he probably you know he wants to play when yeah, but after he was left out of the Champions League squad, his agent. Uh, went on a little tirade against Guardiola yep. and said he treated players like dogs and, you know, stuff that a, an agent might not, yeah. you know, you should just keep your mouth quiet, really. Um, so that means that Tori's been left out of the side, but now he's apologized um, for what his agent has said. But I'm not sure that this going to this is going to really have that much of an effect um, since Selleck hasn't apologized and he won't. Yeah. I mean, and he, he flat out refuses to, I mean, he's just, he's just a tool, but are we really that surprised that uh, an agent is acting like a tool? <laughs> no, not really. But I, I think that with Yaya coming out and apologizing, at least he's taking a small step towards, you know, mending yeah. the fences and everything. But if anything, he should fire him. If he would have fired him and issued an apology, I think they would be fine. Yeah. But Guardiola yeah. might still be, you know, a bit stubborn here, and he wants that apology from Selleck himself. Uh, but that, I mean, that would be really ridiculous in terms of blaming the players. And also, Guardiola came out today and said that he had a conversation with Yaya and that you know, everything was essentially fine between the two of them. Um and I'm I'm kind of surprised that Yaya Torre didn't fire his agent on the one hand, but on the other hand, be, you know, because he's <laughs> acting like a tool. But at the same time, I you know, I just checked, and no, he's not on 150 a week. He's on 220,000 pounds a week. There we go. So you know, he might kind of be an asshat, but he certainly is earning money for like getting good contracts for his clients. Um, but also, you know making money isn't the only thing when your vocation is a footballer also actually playing football. So, you know, as you said, 
Seb, I'm sure that Yaya wants to be on the pitch at the Etihad, doesn't want to be waiting in the wings. Although I'm not sure that he's, you know, even... Because we've seen his form take quite a big downturn. I mean, he is 33 now and definitely heading into the twilight of his career. Um, yeah. So not, he'll be, he wouldn't be first I, choice. Definitely wouldn't be first choice. No, but I mean, but he would be... Uh, a great player to rotate the squad with, right? Yeah. Not, I mean, probably occasionally in the Premier League, but certainly consistently in cup ties. Yeah, I mean, he he ha- he's had some great years with them, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, he had that incredible run in 2013-14. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, he's he has been hands down the best central defensive midfielder in the Premier League, at many points in his career that, you know, that is behind us. That's totally in the rearview mirror. Yeah. Um, and I think that more likely than not, he's probably going to be plying his trade in China this time next year. Yeah. Speaking but, of China, did you see that Andre Villas-Boas was hired as manager of Shanghai? No. Kidding. Oh yeah. Yeah. They fired Sven Goran Eriksson and replaced him with uh, Villas-Boas. That's, that's hilarious. I I, money talks. Yeah. If someone would offer me a bunch of money to move to China, I'll take it. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I I probably would, but also I'm speaking on, you know, like the <laughs> the amount of money that's on offer there is just mind-boggling to me. Like I can't even I can't even process the salary that Toure is on now, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean he could probably pick up something close to that in China. Oh yeah, yeah. I I bet he'd be able to get something, you know, not much more than ten percent less. But uh, in any case, you know, it's, the long and short of it is, Yaya Torre's agent is acting absurd, and he's you know doing things that aren't necessarily in the best interest of his player. But the player finally just kind of did what he had to to put this behind him. And I, I, you know, I do think that. As I just said, I don't think that Yaya Torre will be a Manchester City player in 2017, but I think that we'll see him, you know, playing for City at some point this season. Maybe not extensively in the Premier League itself, but you know, he'll he'll get some runouts for Guardiola's squad. Do you think he'll leave in January or in summer? You know, that I that I really don't know. I mean, I think that from purely from a business standpoint, it would be in City's interest to you know, get some minutes under his belt. So if they sell him in January, he's not, you know, four months out of competitive football. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, he is kind of surplus to, to the squad at this point. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he left in January, but also it depends a lot on, you know, what happens to their midfield in terms of injuries over the course of the next two months. Yeah. One player that could be on his way out, uh, in January, that's Bastian Schweinsteiger, uh, Manchester United. Basti. Basti. Um, back in training with the first team. But at the same time, there's rumors circulating that the club wants to uh, buy him out, uh, give him £10 million to uh, simply cut his contract and uh, so he could move wherever he felt, like on a free transfer. Yeah. Yeah, because the kind of money he's making there, you know, if he does indeed 
want to come to America and play in MLS, he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be making that kind of cash here. Even obviously he'll be a designated player mm-hmm. and probably have a salary that is, you know, equal to almost all of the other players on his team combined, almost no matter where he goes with the possible exception of LA. But yeah, I mean, I think that'd be good for him. Um, whether he goes to China or MLS or, you know, a quote unquote smaller club in Europe itself. I I think he's still got some gas left in the tank, especially for the kind of player he is, right? Like he's never been one to rely on blistering speed. And so as he falls off the pace a little bit, literally, he still has the skill in a similar fashion to a David Beckham, actually, to, you know, move the ball around in a way that he can still be a very valuable piece of a team, particularly a team that plays in a league that is not quite as, you know, fast and physical as the Premier League is, because let's be honest, no league is no, I, I think, you know, if he would want to go to the MLS, this is a good time to do it. You take, yeah. you pocket 10 million pounds, you can stash it away for a rainy day, go to America, you still make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Galaxy, you know, Gerard leaving. Hey, yeah. bring in Basti. I mean, yeah, it's almost like for like in some sense. That's a pretty good replacement. And I think it's been pretty, I mean, it's, it's sad to see the way that this has unfolded because uh, he is a great player or was a great player, but getting shunned from the first team by Mourinho in this manner, it's just despicable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, has some uh, reminiscence of Robin Van Persie's ignominious departure from Old Trafford. Cause I mean, even if you're not getting picked i mean what's really the reason to keep him from training with the first team yeah i don't i we we could record this episode from now until dawn tomorrow and i don't think either of us would be able to unpack what the hell's in Mourinho's head no that is very very true yeah, and it looks like uh, United are looking to spend some more money here soon, too. Uh, some rumors that they want to bring in Jimenez, and he's going to cost a lot of money. Yep. So, um, yeah, getting his wage bill off would certainly help, but just giving someone £10 million to go away, that's... Yeah, God. So speaking of mind-boggling sums of money, like, yeah. oh, we want, we want you to break your contract, so here's... <laughs> It's <laughs> ten million, eight figures. Yeah, yeah, because he, he his contract does not expire until the end of the twenty seventeen eighteen season. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I, it would be great to see him in MLS. I I would love to see him be playing here, and you know, not that he has any say in it whatsoever. But Jurgen Klinsmann came out uh, and said he would love to see Schweinsteiger in the MLS. Yep. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Then uh, Gareth Southgate, interim manager of England national team, says he's not sure that he. It's a given that he would take the job full time if he was offered the position. I mean, I I'm kind of of two minds about this because I I don't know. This seems like posturing to me. Um, So it seems like posturing to me, right? So I'll just say that off the bat. But at the same time, I also, I mean, 
why why would he say oh yeah obviously i'd take it in a heartbeat right um given kind of the shambles that has been england of late but i i just don't i don't see him turning down that job i mean he's been you know like he's been a manager for the youth teams for what the last three years now you know and who who coaching anywhere in the english national system at any level you know whether it's u18 u20 what have you who among them doesn't have at least some inkling of ambition or wishing that they were ahead of the senior team right yeah i yeah i i i think that it's both honest and also I don't see him turning that job down. I mean, it, it's an ungrateful job. You can never win. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Unless you go and win. I, honestly, I just don't see them winning the World Cup. Oh, and God, no. I think there's a very long road ahead of them before they're, they'll even be challenging for, you know, either the World Cup or the Euros. So Yeah, and I, I think that it's, Unfortunately, it's a similar issue with Manchester United, although obviously Manchester United can bring new blood in more quickly just by the nature of club football. But, you know, the way in which the team has been built around Wayne Rooney is, I I don't know. Although we did see Rooney score a fantastic, albeit, you know, meaningless goal against Fenerbahce during the week. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit when we'll talk. Manchester United, but um, yeah, I think Southgate, if offered a job, he'll take it. Yeah, I, I think so. If not, then have fun with the under twenty ones, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think that if they acquit themselves well in his remaining two games, then England will hand them him the job, or I should say, FA, the FA will hand him the job. In part, just because. They, you know, they've had so much tumult of late that they don't want to rock the boat any more than necessary. And as you said, Seb, considering that they're kind of in a rebuilding mode in any case, yeah, I don't, I don't know that they, they really want to be reaching for another manager. And and then yeah, like who else wants the job? Yeah, if if you can't get Eddie Howe, I, I can yeah. see Eddie Howe say, you know, becoming the England manager and actually be there for a while. If the FA yeah. is smart enough to actually give a manager more than like a tournament, yeah. So, but if Eddie Howe, you know, he he actually seems happy being at Bournemouth. Yeah, um, and he still has many many years ahead of him. Um, so at least you know, give Southgate the job here. If you crash out of the World Cup uh, group stage, then okay, then you can start yeah. over again, I guess. It'll be interesting because I, you know, we've spoken about this on the show before, but the only high profile Premier League manager whom I believe actually could theoretically take the job is Arsene Wenger. And mm -hmm. I think that if he chooses not to renew his contract, it's not necessarily a sign that he's going to move on to England, but I, I bet he has some interest in that, you know, because he talks a lot Unfortunately, he speaks about it a lot usually when he's being grilled about Arsenal's underperforming. But he talks a lot about, you know, still having ambition at this point in his career and, you know, not feeling like he's ready to be done yet. And 
I think that, you know, regardless of where, well, I shouldn't say regardless, but, you know, whether or not Arsenal win the league, end up runners-up again, end up in fourth place, you know, I think that his desire to to continue, you know, pushing forward and seeing what else he can do, he might want to take that in the national stage. And he's certainly obviously comfortable in London at this point. Oh, if they win, he's gone. You think so? Oh, yeah. He's going to be like, I did it, bitches. I'm out of here. Yeah, that's... Mic drop, Hadel. See, I don't know, though, because I think that... I wonder because he's also he also always and speaking of posturing, this is a little bit of that also. But he always talks about you know I always see out my contracts and I I I wouldn't be surprised if he had a contract extension before the end of the season if Arsenal are sitting in second place come say March. Mm. No, but well, you know we'll see. He should he should hold out. Yeah, give us something to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on to our little preview here. We got a couple of games for you that we're going to talk a little extra about before we give our scoring predictions on all the games. Uh, we'll start off with West Ham. They take on Stoke on uh, Saturday. Stoke. Stoke. Uh, one of the – yeah, there's no early game on Saturday. Yeah. So you got four games that starts at 11 Eastern – and West Ham Stoke is one of them. And yeah, Stoke, good run of form, really. Uh, starting to get things going. I know that Sheridan Shakiri is questionable. Uh, he had to leave the three one or leave the pitch during the three one win over Swansea on Monday, and he hasn't been able to train all week. But how big of a blow is it for Stoke though if they need to? Go go to London without him in the fold. I I think it's a pretty big ball. I mean, I think that we've been, you know, we've been waiting for him to kind of score the spectacular screamers that we saw in the Euros uh, a little more regularly for Stoke, and he's starting to kick on. But I also think that he's a player whom I've always been impressed with in terms of his work rate, you know, on defense as much as on offense. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they will definitely miss him should he be unable to play in this game. And then, of course, you know, if he does, then there's the question of, okay, is he really up to full speed given that he hasn't trained all week? Yeah. I I feel like that that's part of the do you risk it and start him and then you might have to take him out after 30 minutes or do you just keep him on the bench and then if there's – you're chasing a goal with 15 minutes to go, then you throw him on there. I, I think that yeah. that's the safer bet, of course, to put yeah. him on the bench. I think uh, that, I think that's the better the better decision if he's even available at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, they did get Wolford Boney going here in the last game, uh, scored twice against his old side, and then Joe Allen has been in fine form as well. So I mean, they still have players that can get it done for them. Yeah, I am yeah, expecting a little bit more from Mark Arnautovic, though. Yeah, I, I mean, once again, speaking of the talent on hand at Stoke City that hasn't quite been uh, up to snuff yet this season. Yeah, because um, he's only got one goal and one assist in ten appearances. 
Yeah, but you know they're they are still coming off of what is it three wins on the trot in the Premier League and undefeated since oh when was their last loss September eighteenth against Crystal Palace. I mean they're they're well not counting you know league, uh, league Cup in which they lost to Hull, but they're they're in pretty good form. I mean, like I say, I think that they'll really miss Shakiri's presence, um, and I also think that. You know, West Ham, even though they're coming off a 2-0 defeat to Everton, they 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 caused Everton some problems in that game. And I, I think that this is this is an opportunity for West Ham to kind of really claw their way out of the relegation zone in earnest. The boy that they're even you know, that they're even on the cusp of the relegation zone is really surprising once again, given the talent on hand for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Yeah, it's it's just that whole thing with West Ham. I know they got two wins at home now in a row, but I'm still not convinced. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and and you also, I think you have to say that coming into this, as we we're just saying about you know Stokes' recent form in the league, that Stoker are probably arguably in in better form overall at the moment. Oh, yes. I mean, clearly, obviously, they're you know sitting higher up the table than West Ham are. Yeah, but uh, I'll look at the teams that they've beaten too, or gotten draws against. So it's it's sort of the same slate of teams though, because you got Stoke. Yeah. they beat Sunderland. West Ham beat Sunderland. You got Hull, and then you got Swansea. So they. They made sure to beat those teams that are, you know, either in the relegation zone or just above it. And the same has gone for West Ham, but they've not done it in the same fashion. They edged out one nothing wins over, was it Sunderland and... Uh, let me double check here. Yeah, one nothing over Sunderland and one nothing over Crystal Palace. Yeah, it's, I, mean, I think it's a, it's a tough game to call. Um um, I'm kind of disappointed that Paulie already. So we have Paulie's predictions in yes. absentia, and I'm kind of bummed that he picked a draw because I'm like, oh, that sounds right. But yeah, we'll get well, to scoring predictions later. Absolutely. Then uh, the late game, we do have a late game on Saturday. That's Chelsea against Everton at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea just. I mean, what what can we really say that we haven't already said? Uh, four straight wins. Yeah, four kept clean sheets. The With three at the back, even. Yeah, three, four, three. That's the formation. Although they, yeah, speaking of West Ham, actually on the heels yes. of that, they did lose to West Ham in the League Cup, but that's got a pretty big asterisk next to it because that is certainly not the normal first eleven for Chelsea no. and also West Ham as well, really. Yeah. Hmm. So Chelsea Everton. Everton, they've played well as well. Um, you know, Ronald Koeman doing good things there. They're looking solid at the back. And then you got players like Lukaku and Ross Barkley finally stepped up a bit too in the game against West Ham. So I definitely think they can give them a good test. Mm, yeah. I mean ever I'll go so far as to say Everton can cause Chelsea some problems, but Hosting, you know, 
hosting a talented but struggling West Ham team at Goodison Park is very different from marching into Stamford Bridge and trying to take on a Chelsea that is in just blistering form. Yeah, Chelsea sitting in fourth place right now, one point behind the leading trio of Man City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. Yeah, I think that that's going to be a fun one to watch, though. Yeah. Moving over to Sunday. Big, big, big. I don't know how how can we... Huge <laughs> London Derby. Towering. No, I, was, yeah. I can't really do a good Trump, though. Huge. It's oh, going to be a huge London Derby. <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, there we go. Arsenal taking on Tottenham at the Emirates. Uh, I'll actually look this up. Tottenham has not beaten Arsenal at the Emirates since 2010. Yeah, we've uh, we've had their number at home, that's for sure. So coming into this one, Harry Kane will be back for Tottenham. Um, how big of a boost do you think that is just mentally for the Spurs players? Oh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And he's a player who, you know, similar to Theo Walcott, you know, loves playing against the crosstown North London rivals um, and much to my chagrin, loves scoring against us as well. Uh, but that's, you know, like you say, it'll, he'll be a boost, I think, mentally as much as his actual presence on the pitch. Because as we've also said before, his presence on the pitch this season, there are a lot of question marks around it because he's just not been in the kind of form we saw from him last year. Yeah. Is Walcott going to be fit for this one? You know, I think so, but I'm uh, I'm not entirely sure. Because um, I know I, they, I, have, I know they have a lot of players that are like sort of iffy, like day to day almost. If you're talking yeah. in other sports, uh, but I was I was looking over that injury list for Arsenal, and it's pretty long now. Yeah. Well, and the the most frust- so the, here's the biggest thing in this game for me is, and I believe that all three of them trained yesterday, but it's not just Theo Walcott's absence, but the absence of Monreal and. Hector Bellerin mm-hmm. was huge at our midweek game against Ludogorets. And, you know, thanks to a piece of beautiful magic by Mesut Ertzel, which if you haven't seen that goal, look up the gif of that goal and watch it and then just kind of leave it up. You know, maybe get a projector and put it on your wall and just have it be <laughs> a art installation in your home because mm-hmm. it is just a thing of beauty. Yeah. Um, but his goal notwithstanding, you know, we had the the – First choice center back pairing in Kashelny and Mustafi, who look pretty solid at the back, but both of our fullbacks just got, you know, sometimes literally, but constantly figuratively turned around by the pace of the wingers and their skill on the ball from Ludogorets. And I think that it showed just a huge gulf in class between Nacho Monreal and Kieran Gibbs and uh, Hector Bellerin and Carl Jenkinson. I mean, they were just. They, they looked out of their depth, and they looked out of their depth against Ludogorets, right? Mm-hmm. Like, playing in the North London Derby, boy, if if either of those fullbacks are in the starting 11 for Arsenal, Pochettino would do well to say, all right, you're running at him, because they they really looked just, you know, just outmatched and in I think midweek. Both of them were coming back from injury too, right? I know yeah. Jenkinson was out for a long time. Yeah, Jenkinson was out for a long time, but I think Gibbs has been available for several weeks. Yeah. Um, and he just – and it's so frustrating because he's a player that I've 
liked for a long time. Um, and I mean, you know, he's, he grew, he like came up in London and I remember four or five years ago, I really thought that he was going to kick on and be by this point in his career, our first choice left back, but no, absolutely not. I mean, Montreal has, uh, uh, and you know, admittedly, I didn't see Montreal's kind of surge to the four and the Arsenal back four, um, <laughs> four and four homonyms. Um, I, I didn't see that coming either, but it was, I think that was the biggest takeaway from our midweek game was that those two fullbacks were far and away our weakest links. And it was only thanks to, you know, the fact that we do have great players going forward and a bit of magic from Mesut Ozil that we were able to take all three points from that game against the opposition that we really should be, you know, we beat them six nil at home. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah, I, and I told my friend Phil before kickoff said, I, you know, I don't expect us to score six goals, but I expect us to score three or four. Um, even if we let in one or two, but I, I you know, after going two nil down, I just thought, all right, <laughs> here you go. Yeah. Yeah, Tottenham, they're coming up a one nothing loss to Bayer Leverkusen, which uh, puts them in uh, not the best spot there in their Champions League group. Uh, right now, in their group, Monaco sits at the top with eight points, then Leverkusen with six, and then Tottenham with four. Yeah. The, they're a little d hard done by in that game, though, because I do feel that um, Vincent Johnson had a, a pretty good penalty shout uh, early on, and and I also think that it's it's so frustrating for me to see this happen. That if the player was more cynical and had gone down at the moment of contact, then uh, almost certainly it would have been a penalty. But you know, he fought on the ball and tried to stay up and score a goal in open play, and for doing so, unfortunately, was punished. Well, I shouldn't say unfortunately; it is Spurs, <laughs> but. I mean that that's just today's soccer really. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you that it's a shame that if you're trying to stay on your feet that you don't get rewarded for that. Yeah. Uh, Spurs, we should say they have one, two, three, three straight draws in the league. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a really a tough game for me to call especially given the potential absence of our fullbacks and, you know, my aforementioned opinion that the golf in class between them and their backups is, was, you know, laid bare for all to see this week. Uh, but I, I think that if, especially if Arsenal have their first choice back for, I don't, I don't see Tottenham winning this game. They, they might be able to continue that run of draws, but you know, obviously, that's not the route to a championship. No, definitely not. They have been good at the back, though. They've only allowed five goals, which is the uh, least amount of goals in the league. So I think second is nine goals. Uh, City and one more team. So, yeah, it can be a tough one. We'll get yeah. to our scoring prediction in just a little bit. But first, Swansea. Bob Bradley Swansea taking on the dumpster fire that is Manchester United. <laughs> at the Liberty Stadium. Uh, United coming off a 2-1 loss to Fenerbahce in the Europa League. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what is happening 
it is third season syndrome with Mourinho already. We're about a third of the way in. Yeah, I boy, I I I've got I mean, yeah, as we said or as I said earlier, we could we could talk ourselves hoarse and still not really know what the hell Jose Mourinho is up to. I I mean, it's just it it is it is kind of baffling. But also, you know, if you step back from it and you look at it without his name, you know, without his name, yes. right? Um, take away all of the special one mystique, and you say, okay, Manchester United hired a manager who was fired by the New Year last year. Wait, what? What? What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, I. It's just. It's I mean, that that to me is the biggest thing. It's like, yeah, he has he has a lot of achievements, but it's it seems to me. And also, he's just he's just so quick to throw his players under the bus. What was he said after the um, the midweek game against Fenerbahce? Was, you know, said that the players weren't committed or weren't up for it or something something along those lines. I mean, it, it's. Um... It's just mind-boggling when you look at it. Like you said, I mean, he got fired from Chelsea before Christmas. Um, and really, you know, that squad wasn't bad. They were reigning champions. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so you could say that he didn't inherit as strong a squad at Manchester United, but I, I'm just... Uh, I... He's he is a manager who I will begrudgingly acknowledge and you know even have some respect for his achievements, but the way that he conducts himself and the brand of football he's been famous for, I don't have respect for either of those. Well, I I just think the game has sort of passed him by now. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, th I think you might be right in that right that he's a. Uh, manager who you know, may be similar to Arsene Wenger in uh, kind of a funny respect that you know he came into the league with a certain style that style was wildly successful now the league has changed but you know we've seen Wenger kind of slowly be willing to change his ways right and yeah. I also think that his even though obviously Vardy stayed at Leicester his attempt to sign Jamie Vardy showed a recognition of, oh, okay, you know, maybe we're going to have to play some, like, long ball-based, speed-based counterattacking football as opposed to the normal kind of triangle, triangle, triangle pass, uh, try to unlock the defense by walking it in. Um, as beautiful as that football can be. Yeah, but... yeah no, I mean, that that's only been my problem with Wenger is that he doesn't seem to have a plan B, but we, we've spoken about that before. How happy are you, though, that they did not end up signing Vardy? Because he's not looked that great. You know, but or also Leicester as a whole have fire at Arsenal? I don't, I don't think he would have been on fire at Arsenal. I think he would be in a similar position as Lucas Perez finding himself, although unfortunately, you know, Perez is now going to be out for a long time with injury. Um, but I I think that he would find himself as uh, mostly a substitute and a squad rotation player, but maybe seeing a few more minutes than um, than Perez has gotten here to four this season. Um, I I just think that 
I think that he would probably be getting a few more minutes, and I also think he'd be scoring more at Arsenal than he has been at Leicester. Uh, you know, it just it seems like the you know the the cat's out of the bag at the King Power Stadium. Yeah, Manchester United they sit in eighth place, fifteen points. They're already eight points behind City and Arsenal and Liverpool. And I mean, that's the thing too. If you would look at it, and if it was not, if you didn't look at the name, and you just say, okay, United, they're in eighth place after ten games. They have fifteen points. You would say, oh, that manager should get fired. Yeah. Well, and you know, especially given um, some of their other poor performances, as you know, we saw against Fenerbahce in uh, Istanbul oh, this weekend. Their their away record in Europe is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It is so bad. I I don't know. Yeah. Although they beat some team that starts with a Z that I don't know where they're from, <laughs> like one nil, right? Ukraine. They're from Ukraine. Zoria Luhansk. Oh, Luhansk. I know where Luhansk is. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really frustrating. It really is. And it seems unworthy of a club of their stature, really. Um, But But, but again, it's the the stature thing of Mourinho, you know, as we've just been talking about, that it's it's that he's the special one. But I, I do wonder... Yeah, you're saying like, okay, well, they're going to give him two seasons. How how bad does it have to get, and how acrimonious is the relationship between the manager, the players, and the fans have to be before you say, mm, well, maybe this isn't working out? You would have to have the fans publicly, you know, actively try to get him fired. A large portion of the fans, and you would have to have the players, you know, basically just march in toward Edward Woodward's offense and say, "We're not going to play for this man." Yeah, I think that the former is more likely than the latter, but I think that you know neither one is totally out of the question. Yeah, yeah they, I, and just the style of play, it just, I mean, yes, you look back a, of how they played during Sir Alex. You're going to get compared to that. No matter who you are, you're going to get compared to Sir Alex Ferguson. And the way that United always played was exciting to watch. And watching them under Louis van Hall was horrible. Watching them under Mourinho has been equally horrible. I mean, at this point, they could have just stayed with van Hall for one more year. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing is that I think Van Hall, to some extent, cracked under the massive media pressure that comes as part and parcel of being, uh, you know, in charge at Old Trafford. Um, but he also he he also just seemed like like the kind of guy that I would be happy to sit down and have a beer with. You know, I, I still remember his, uh, you know, his dramatic antics as he fell over, pantomiming and talking to the yeah. fourth official last season. And you know, there's a there's a quality about him that I really liked, and there are no qualities about Jose Mourinho that I really like. No. Yeah, Swansea, they sit in 19th place. They have five points. They, yeah, I mean, it's five points up to safety. And, yeah, but Bradley's got a tough start here. And team that just lacks confidence. Yeah. 
and it's too bad because they, in you know, recent years, have kind of been playing with an abundance of that, you know, and almost arguably really punching above their weight at some mm-hmm. points. Um, they're, I mean, I will, I will say this that between those three teams in the relegation zone, you know, I, I think that Sunderland is the only team that's like really that we can really almost already say, yeah, they're, they're doomed oh, to I think, relegation. I think you can say Hull too. You think so? I mean, yeah. Hull sit ahead of Swansea at this point, obviously. Yeah. Um, but they've also shipped in 15 goals this yep. season. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. And or I, no, I, excuse I, me. 23, 23, yeah. the minus 15 is yeah, they're minus 15. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I, I, so, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting. I would really like to see Bob Bradley, just because he's a manager I have a lot of respect for. Um, yeah, I would like to see him be able to kind of guide them out of the relegation zone. But it, it is you know, it's it's tough, right? The take like take especially taking over when he did, um, and then you know that like the tough run of games. It's Arsenal, Stoke. And now, you know, Man U, and then after that, they travel to Everton, and then then they have, I think, a winnable game against Crystal Palace, and then after that, they go to White Hart Lane. So, he's, I would be surprised if Swansea were out of the relegation, you know, by, out of the relegation zone by the end of this calendar year, but I still think that they've got a shot to claw their way up. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see how they fare against United. I mean, it's definitely the right time to play them. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, before we get into the scoring predictions, let's talk about uh, my little top ten list I did here. Uh, the top ten after ten. I got a little angry comment by a Liverpool fan who was not happy that I didn't have any um, Liverpool players on my list, and you could <laughs> definitely make a case for Philip Coutinho. Uh, let's say he's number eleven then. But yeah, I would say that they've played so well as a team. I don't really feel like there's been super standouts in that team. Uh, I mean, even James Milner has gone in and played well as a left back. So, uh, but I uh, yes. Well, I'm just looking at this list. Or do you want to give a run? Why don't you give a rundown of the list? Okay. First? So let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Uh, number ten, I got Michael Keane, central defender, Burnley. I got Toby Alderweireld, Tottenham, also central defender. Then I got Joe Allen from Stoke. Tom Heaton from Burnley. He's made 57 saves already. Yeah. He has like 20 more saves than any other goalkeeper in the league. Uh, Eden Hazard, Chelsea. Sergio Aguero, Manchester City. Romelu Lukaku, Everton. Alexis Sanchez, Arsenal. Kevin De Bruyne, Manchester City. And then top of the list, the man you love to hate, Diego Costa. Yeah, I, so I could see, I would say I agree with most of these choices, but I would, you know, all credit to Michael Keane, but I would take Michael Keane out for one, um, in part, you know, as the statistic that you cited, great, he's made 57 saves, but that also means that the (laughs) defensive backs have allowed 57 shots on target that he's had to save. But he's made Um, 20 blocks, Keen. Okay, all right. So that could have been an additional 20 shots on Heaton. Yeah, 
I mean, I also I've got to give some love to my boy Mesut Ozil and potentially say he could be in this list as well. But I, you know, for to to the anonymous disgruntled Liverpool fan, yes, um, I might also take Lukaku out and put Coutinho in, uh, in part just because you know you have so many forwards in there already between Costa, Aguero. Lukaku and Sanchez. Yeah, um, but I mean that—that's usually the thing too. They get a lot of the attention because they score a lot of goals. Yeah, and yeah, of course, Lukaku has been looking good and really played well. And you know, it's—I think it's so important for Everton that that, that they got to keep him. I mean, he handed in a transfer request over the summer. He sat down, talked to Kuman. He agreed to stay on, and doesn't. You know, he doesn't look like a player that wants to leave now. So, yeah. good on them. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, trying to whittle down 10 players, too, it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. It is tough. Yeah. I, boy, but Lukaku thank you, is a player. Thank you, disgruntled Liverpool fan, for reading. And um, <laughs> who knows, when we do this halfway through, might be a Liverpool player or two on there. So, yeah. But, I, but to, you know, to your point, though, I think that uh, as a, you know, if a Liverpool supporter listening to this is, uh, frustrated not to hear a single name, but I think that we should also big up Jurgen Klopp in the way that they are playing as a team, right? Yes. If the, oh, absolutely. You know, if no part is standing out and yet the sum is still great, like the whole is still greater than the sum of its parts, then that's that's the way that a football team should be functioning. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool has been one of the more enjoyable teams to watch so far this season. Yeah, I, although speaking of... <laughs> Stout defending or lack thereof, they could be much more solid at the back. Yes, yes, but hey, if they keep winning four to two, they'll take yeah. it. They'll and that'll take be. It. And as a neutral, it's certainly fun to watch. Oh yeah. Well, let's get into the scoring predictions. We'll start off with Bournemouth against Sunderland. Uh, Paulie he predicts two nothing to Bournemouth. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I mean, the, really, the only question is by how many goals they'll win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'll go two. I'll go two nil on that one as well. Okay. Um, I'm. I mean, I still think Bournemouth is going to win it. Yeah. Um, but going to give Sunderland a goal? Are I, th- you? I think I am. Let's go three oh. one. All right. All right. Yep. Jermaine Defoe. Hey. Uh, then Burnley against Crystal Palace, uh, Turf Moor. That is Burnley's strength. That's where they've picked up most of their points. Um, What's Paulie's prediction on this one? One nothing Burnley. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't want to pick the same score as him again, but that's that sounds just about right. Uh, I'll go two one, two one Burnley, but I do think that they'll win it. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's the exact same score as I was going to go at. Okay. <laughs> well, we both got two to one there. Yeah, I think uh, Crystal Palace, they have a goal in them. Uh, then we got Manchester City against Middlesbrough at the Etihad. Four nothing is Paulie's prediction. Yeah. So I, same, same scoreline as they had against West Bromwich. Yeah. I, I think that. I think that they'll win this game handily, but I they just don't have anybody in goal who I think I would call 
even the equal of Joe Hart. It still kind of baffles me that Guardiola shipped him out. Yeah, yeah it's weird. Um, but I'll say 3-1, 3-1 City. 3-1 City. Yeah, I mean, they are coming off that big win against Barcelona. I'm just wondering how much that took out of them. I'm going to go 2 nothing. 2 nothing to Man City. Although it does say something that we say, oh, well, they might have, you know, have a little bit of the wind out of their sails, so they'll win two goals today. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, West Ham taking on Stoke. 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 Paulie's got a 2-2 draw here. I, Elliot, do you think it's going to be a draw as well? I, yeah, it's it's really hard. It's really hard to choose a winner in this game. Um, and I think that, as we were talking about, a lot depends on Jadon Shakiri's at, you know whether he's present and then what kind of form he's in. Uh, I man, I, gosh, Polly, you're just even in your absence, you're uh, prefiguring all my predictions. I'm gonna go two two as well. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna be different here. I'm gonna go two to one Stoke. Their good run is gonna continue. Chelsea Everton. 3-1 Chelsea is Paulie's prediction. Chelsea, they don't don't let in any goals. I think they're going to keep another clean sheet. No one keeps clean sheets anymore. Yeah, they do. <laughs> 2 nothing Chelsea. Uh, mm, I'm going to say I'm going to say 3-0 Chelsea. You know, I think that Everton they did well in their last game against West Ham, but I also, I don't, uh, I don't see them. I don't see them really challenging in this one. Then we got that huge derby in London between <laughs> Arsenal and Tottenham. Paulie's think it's going to be two-two. Man, I'm just, I'm just like on the Paulie bandwagon this week. Wow, really? Two-two. Uh, I, it's again, it's so tricky. I mean, I find that scoreline very, very possible. Um, it, it's it's tricky not knowing the the participation or lack thereof of our two fullbacks. So I'm going to say both of our fullbacks, you know, both Bellerin and Monreal play, and then I'm going to say we win two mm, one. Two one to the Arsenal. Mm. I'm having trouble with this one. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, and also the other thing is that with the North London Derby, of course, you know, players' individual and teams' collective form obviously plays a role. But in such a huge rivalry match, you can almost throw some of that out the window, yeah. right? Yeah. I just. Oh. No, I'm going to go one nothing Arsenal. One nil to the Arsenal. Yep. One nil. We've heard that once or twice before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hull takes on Southampton. Polly predicts two nothing to Southampton. Boy, how many how many goals have Hull scored all season? Mm, not many. Not many. Let's double check here real quick. Like Hull, eight. they've scored goals four. Eight. And they've allowed yeah. 23. Southampton, 3 uh, nothing. 
they're going to, you know what, Hull City, they're going to do it. They're going to get their ninth goal. Uh, and they're going to lose 2-1 to one to Southampton. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. This feels like a Charlie Austin kind of game. Yeah. Liverpool, they take on Watford at Anfield. Pauly predicted 3-1 to one Liverpool. I want it to be a little bit more fun than that, so I'm going 3-2 to Liverpool. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't... I, I mean, it, it's tricky considering how how open at the back Liverpool have been, you know, allowing 13 goals this season. Um, but... No, they're gonna yeah. smack. No, they're gonna smack them. Let's go five two. Boom. Ah, dang. Yes. Yeah, I'm going four two. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I want to see some goals here, at Liverpool. See, maybe that Liverpool fan is gonna be happy now too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knows? Swansea, Manchester United. Paulie's giving Bob Bradley his first win, two to one. Swansea. Mm. I just don't. I mean, yes, Manchester United are in bad ways, but. Swansea are struggling. I mean, yeah. Nah, I no. I gotta go one nothing. Man United. I'm gonna even give him another goal and say two nil. Man U. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I think Paul is hoping for their reverse jinx here. He'll yeah, happily, it's like his give fantasy those, team. Yeah, happily give up those points. Then we got Leicester against West Bromwich Albion. Paulie's going two nothing to the Foxes. Uh, I I'm I'll give him a two-one win. I think it might end up being a draw, though. But given you know the scoreless draw midweek, I think Leicester are going to be really pushing for a goal. Yeah, we should say too that they got a scoreless draw on the road against Copenhagen. They sit pretty in their Champions League group, but they will be without Casper Schmeichel, who uh, broke a bone in his hand. Oh, did he? So, uh, if you're, I haven't read anything yet, but if he, if it does require surgery, we're expecting him to be out for six week, six weeks. If it doesn't require surgery, we're looking at more like four weeks. So, uh, good opportunity for Ron Robert Sealer to get some playing time. Uh, I'm gonna go one one draw. All right. So there you have it. Mm, we should say too that I'm at sixty four points. I had six points last week plus one correct result. I was the Stoke game. And then Paulie had six correct games and he got the Leicester Tottenham correct. And so did you, but you had eight games correct. So yeah. 64 points for me, 73 for Paulie, and 80 for Elliot at the top. League leaders. Yeah, there we go. Final thought. Uh, I, you know, I really want to see Bob Bradley do something in the Premier League. And as I just said, I don't see him doing that against Manchester United this weekend. He's not going to get his first win. But you can take heart in the fact that you've already won the moral victory over the opposing manager by not throwing your players under the bus all the time. So good on you, Bob. Yeah, good on you, Bob. Do you think he'll try to lure his son over? (laughs) No. (laughs) On a loan? Yeah. He's got got his hands full with uh, MLS playoffs at the moment. Yeah, but I mean, after the season, bring him in on loan in January. Yeah, you, you know, that's that's not totally impossible, but I do think it's pretty unlikely. Ah, nepotism, come on. 
<laughs> uh, my final thought would be uh, Andy Carroll driving home from practice. Uh, oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, someone trying to rob him at gunpoint. Uh, managed to get away, drove back to the training facility to uh, get the assistance of the security personnel there. Uh, you know, he's all good, which is good. Um, getting back from injury here soon, Bilic is hoping that he'll be fit for a fight here in a bit, and they need a proper striker up front. I know Andy Carroll has been a laughing stock at some points, but, you know, he, he's a serviceable player. He also, let's let's point out, he evaded two guys on motorcycles in his Mercedes wagon. Man, if only he oh, was half he, his edge. He's like, got one of those, like, the G wagon or whatever. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean I'm I, I'm sure that it's got a uh, you know a supercharger and a million yeah. horsepower. But still, if he was half his fleet of foot on the field as he apparently is behind the wheel, then he might have had a career at Liverpool. Mm. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, good on him for getting away. I mean, that's got to be scary though too, because apparently yeah. they chased him and yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, sort of. Although, a... also, you know, it, I imagine that it was. Certainly nerve-wracking, but boy, you have a free pass to not get pulled over, being like flooring it through the streets. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, sort of like a scene out of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels or something. Yeah, there you go. So, yep. If you haven't seen that movie, go see it. By the way, um, if there's anyone who hasn't seen that by now, uh, probably a few. It's a good yeah. film. It's a very good film. So is Snatch too. Guy Ritchie. He has his moments. He does. With that, we'll say goodbye as always. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Elliot is Keats was better. Polly is P. Quistel WFAN. And we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, enjoy all the soccer and good play. Thank you.